So I really, I want to talk to you. I got a new message this week thinking about after Pastor Dan called me and asked me if I could be here again today. And just the Lord just dropped this into my heart. And I want to talk to you about storms. And how I want to talk about storms today is I want to talk to you about weathering life's unexpected moments. What happens when trains don't whistle? What happens when something happens and you get that phone call or something drastic takes place and you were not expecting it? A storm, by definition, is a disturbance of the normal condition of the atmosphere actually manifesting itself in winds of unusual force and direction. When our lives go day on and day on and all of a sudden has been turned upside down, whether it's through an illness, financial difficulty, found out we just lost our job, maybe some relationship problems, maybe some marriage problems, or some other force that actually upsets the normal condition of our lives, we are what you called are being faced with a storm. I want to talk about a storm that Jesus and his pals were in. In Luke chapter 8, beginning with verse 22, it says this, One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. Now, let me stop right there. I enjoy lake fishing. I like smallmouth bass fishing. Um, I like maybe Lake Erie fishing for walleye and perch. Um, And then every year I go down to Florida and do grouper and redfish. And sometimes when you're on the Gulf or if you're on Lake Erie and those waves begin to hit, it can get pretty overwhelming. Even on a regular closed-in lake, it can get something. So they're, they're going to take a boat ride on a lake. And Jesus says to them, come on, let's get in this boat and let's go to the other side. So they got into a boat and they set out. As they sailed, Jesus fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake. Now, a squall is simply this. It's a sudden, violent gust of wind or a localized storm bringing either rain, snow, or sleet. All right? And I have been stuck on a lake in a squall and and experienced all three of those things before. Um, Two years ago... End of May, we go up to the Boundary Waters up in Canada and northern Minnesota and go fishing. And you fish from canoes. No motorboats have ever been in the Boundary Waters. And this time we're setting out and it's the end of May, but you would think the ice was already melted, but the weather hadn't shifted. And a blizzard came in. Right when the boats dropped us off with our canoes and we packed our canoes with all of our stuff... And we're just getting ready to start canoeing to our campsite, which is about two and a half miles. And all of a sudden, we are hit with a squall. A blizzard of snow and wind had hit us. And it was, it stopped us in our tracks. We, we had to pull over. We had to stop. We didn't know if we could go on. But we ended up pushing through this blizzard in, the, in, in May. Come on, somebody, in May. What's that all about? Well... Here's what's taking place for Jesus and the disciples. He said, let's go across the lake. And all of a sudden, a squall came down on the lake. 
so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Then he addresses their issues. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and by the water, they obey him. The truth of it is, before we even know it, fierce storms can attempt to try to destroy our happiness, our dreams, our family, and ultimately our lives. And many of us will find ourselves in the middle of these storms just struggling to stay afloat. What I want to do in this message in the next few minutes is really how to explore how we can navigate our faith, our mindset, our spiritual lives when we are faced with life's unexpected moments that we didn't plan on it. A lot of us have goals. A lot of us have plans and we have it all planned out. And what happens when life doesn't happen that way? I found out that when storms actually strike, it's what happens in me that will determine what happens to me. And it really is, if you think about it, it really is amazing how these storms strike. Just reminding our own business, doing life, going to work, providing for our families, going out to eat, whatever. And all of a sudden, bam, we're hit with a storm. We're hit with some kind of news. Can I tell you this? Storms never dictate God's direction for us. The truth of it is is God is never surprised at any of the storms that come in our life. We may be, but he's not. Number two, God will lead you through every storm. And here's the other thing that you and I need to be reminded of. Jesus is not only present in the quiet times of our lives, in the good times of our lives, but Jesus is also present in the chaotic storms of our life. If listen, if you and I are going to go where God's going to lead us, guess what? We're going to go through a storm to get there. It always happens. So here's a couple things that we need to remember. When you come out of a storm, you'll never be the same person that walked into that storm. That's the purpose of the storm. You'll never be the same person. Number two, God never leads us into a storm that he doesn't give us the power to get through that storm. Remember that. Here's what 2 Corinthians chapter number four says, beginning verse seven. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this surpassing, all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but we're not destroyed. Here's some things that I want you to know while you're going through a storm, because Lord knows I have been through enough of them in my life and will probably go through many more as long as I live. It's just a part of life. It's just a part of your natural life. We can have sunny days. Like Frank Sinatra used to sing, don't know why there's no 
Sun up in the sky. Stormy weather. Remember? There's going to be good weather. There's going to be bad weather. There's going to be good seasons in your life. And then there's going to be difficult seasons in your life. Number one, here's what you need to remember. This is some things that you got to remember while you're going through it. One, the storm is not because of where you've been or what you've done. I believe that the storm is because of where you are going. Think about it for a second. Jesus tells the disciples, let's get in the boat and let's go on the other side. They get in the boat, they're going to the other side, and all of a sudden this storm hits. They think they're going to die. They think they're going to drown. They forgot what he said. Jesus said, get in the boat, let's go to the other side. They were going to get to the other side no matter what kind of storm hit them. Jesus already knew the outcome. Jesus already knew the outcome of that little baby. Even though it was touch and go for weeks, possibly, you were not sure of what the outcome was going to be. But guess what? God did. God always sees the end from the beginning. He's always been the alpha and the omega, the beginning, what? And the end. He's the first and the last. And he's everything in between. He's not startled at what startles you. Listen, he knew about the storm. Don't ever assume that God will lead you around a storm. Always understand, you can't always avoid the storms. But Jesus will make sure that you get through the storms. Great resistance will always bring about great opportunity. The truth of it is, Satan fears your destiny. He fears the plan that God has for you. He's the one that sends the storms because he knows what's going to happen. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, Paul talks about this. He says, therefore, we wanted to come to you. He's writing to the church in Thessalonica. And he says, I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. Notice that he didn't say your spouse. <laughs> Notice he didn't say your pastor or your neighbor or the gossiper. He said Satan Hindered us. That word hindered means to break up the road, to make it impassable or impossible for travelers. The result is usually this. They break up that road and trip. Travelers are hindered, delayed, postponed, and better yet, inconvenienced. But notice what Paul did. He never, ever stopped. Keep walking. Walk by faith and not by sight. Refuse to be dominated by the enemy. Refuse to be dominated or stopped by a storm. Your storm is simply Satan's desperation to stop you. And if you can produce tenacity and strength and you can hang in there, your greatest breakthrough is on the brink of your greatest storm. Just remember that. Number two, God anticipated these storms and God is with you. Think about that. Isaiah 43, 2. Isaiah would say it like this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Think about that. He's with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep 
over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned and the flames will not set you ablaze. How about that for a promise from God in the midst of madness and craziness that goes on in our lives? That is his promise. See, faith does not mean trusting God to stop the storm. Faith simply means I'm going to trust him to be with me as I go through the storm. I remember my uncle telling us we can camp right here on this embankment and wait till the storm stops. The blizzard stops then we can go in the morning. It was already late afternoon approaching dinner time. And we said, no, we think we can advance through this. He said, well, if you think you can do it, let's do it. So there was there was four boats, four canoes, eight of us. And for the next two and a half, almost three hours, we canoed through a blizzard nonstop, just doing our very best, tired, weary. Well, my uncle and my young son, Grayson, while they're moving through this blizzard, they decided to get their uh, trolling, uh, their, their poles out to troll for walleye. In a blizzard, we get we finally make it to the campsite. We're unloading the canoes and we're setting up tents and it's still snowing. And here they come bringing three walleye. I said, what in the world? And he said, we thought we could canoe and catch walleye. We got to eat, don't we? There was a tenacity. In the midst of that storm, they were going to keep on going and catch some fish on the way. How about that? That's like David would say this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to just walk through it. I'm not camping out there. I'm not going to stay there. Don't stop walking by faith. Even though, see this, the walk of faith is this. There's times in your life when you can't track God. Where you go, God, where are you? I don't see your hand. But that's the times you can't track God is the times you need to trust God. Thank you for that one amen. <laughs> a lot of times when we're in a storm, we really want an explanation from God. God, why is this happening to me? God, I just, I just gotta know Why? The truth of it is, if we even knew the answer, would it change it anyway? No, the truth of it is, when we want an explanation from God, we're only given the presence of God. And I want to tell you, God's presence in the midst of a storm, knowing he's with you, it doesn't matter why you are going through that storm, as long as you know God is with you in that storm. David would write in Psalms 138, 7 and 8, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes, and with your right hand you save me. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. See, though though the storms may be planned by Satan, your victory... And your peace is planned by God. Remember that. Number three, the storms may not be your choice. And it never really is. But surviving it is. Not giving up is. 
John 16.33 in the Amplified, it says it like this. Jesus is talking to the disciples and he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you're going to have tribulation, distress, suffering. But be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished and my victory is abiding. You're going to have storms, but guess what? He's already overcome the ultimate storm and he's going to get you through your storms of this life. First John 5, 4 said it like this. For everyone born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Our, our position in the storms of life is a position of faith. Never should be a position of fear. It should always be a position of faith. We are what Romans says more than conquerors. We, we have the victory. Number four. Here's the other thing. Your storm is always for a reason and your storm is only for a season. How about that for some good news? It's not going to last. Charles Spurgeon said it like this. No faith is as precious as that which lives and triumphs in adversity. Someone once said a smooth sea never made a skillful or a skillful sailor. Neither does uninterrupted prosperity and success qualify for usefulness and happiness. I'm reminded of the scripture found in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. That says, for our light and momentary uh, troubles are achieving for us an external glory that far outweighs them all. And the verse 18 says it like this. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen. So get your eyes off the storms. Get your eyes off the problems. Get your eyes off the sickness. Get your eyes off the circumstance. Fix your eyes on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary. See, what you're going through, what you're dealing with, is simply temporary. It won't last. Look at your neighbor and say, it won't last. But what is unseen... Is eternal. That means your faith, your walk with God, your salvation, eternity, those hope within you, that is what is eternal. John Calvin would say it like this Whatever sort of tribulation or storm we suffer, we should always remember, I love this, that its purpose is to make us spurn the present and reach out to the future. Jesus was talking to Simon Peter and he says this in Luke 22. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you, all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Sometimes the very things that we fight against are actually the hand of God trying to push us into our new season. Could it be that the storm, could it be that our hiccup, could it be that our suffering, could it be the thing that we're fighting against is actually getting ready to propel us into our future or into our new season?
Here's what you need to know. A faith that challenged, that is challenged by adversity or storms that are challenged by adversity is often stronger to us in the end. We get stronger when that happens. We get stronger. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 8. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith. The storms come to prove how genuine your faith really is. Or greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire. May result in praise, glory, honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though we have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. The truth is this. How many of you gals in here like diamonds? Yeah, my wife likes them. I've had to buy a few for her. We've had to do upgrades. You know, for sitting uh, certain hallmarks in our relationship, you know, uh, you know, obviously engagement, had to get her diamond ring, okay, wedding ring, and then 10 years hit, she won the day 10 year one, you know, and then, you know, 20 year hit, hey, we hit, well, you want, you want another one? And then we reached 30 years this year, been married 30 years, and I was ready, here it comes. She never asked for it. I was like elated. And so I didn't, I didn't, I know what she likes. She likes Casablanca lilies. I I got a dozen Casablanca lilies and I made reservations at Jeff Ruby's Steakhouse. You know, I thought I can handle that. I just can't handle a diamond right now. And it says here that a diamond isn't formed in room temperature. It's formed in heat. Yeah. I, can, I get that. I sweat when I had to buy those things. <laughs> Just like fine porcelain isn't shaped into a pleasant climate or gold and silver isn't refined in a refrigerator. Precious things come through pressure. Precious things come through trial and fire and storms and adversity. And storms always take us to distant, far away, good places. So I want to end this message today with a couple things that we need to remember when we have to weather life's unexpected moments. So what do we do when we get a phone call that our kids have been in an accident and we don't know what is happening? I've been there before getting the phone call that my son was in a wreck and totaled the vehicle. And all I cared about if he was okay, and not knowing how do we... How do we navigate through these unexpected moments that we don't plan for? Number one, we do what 1 Corinthians says and understand that no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it all. What do I do when I'm faced with that? Here's what I only know what to do is cry out to God. Even if you don't have any words to say. Psalms 18.6 says, In my distress I called 
to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. Psalms 121, 1 and 2. I looked up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. When you don't know what to do, just cry out to God. When you don't know what to say, all you say is, God, we need you. We're crying out to you. Help us, Lord. He don't need any fancy King James stupid language. He just needs your heart. He just needs your, your everything that you know what to do is just cry out to him. Let him hear your cry. Let him hear your voice. There's numerous places in the scripture where people were desperate for an answer for God and cried out to him. And God stopped what he was doing and answered. So cry out to God. Number two, come on, Bruce. Number two, reestablish God's place in your life. I'll admit, he's not always top priority in my day. I don't always follow after the word. I, I know it's not you, but let me just talk about it. I don't always do what's right. How about that, that lady that was on Ellen? She, you know, she's real funny and she said, you know, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Remember, ever seen that before? She had a t-shirt that said, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. And I, you know, and I don't have it all together. I know I'm talking to a group of perfect folk here today. And you're probably thinking, I know somebody who he's talking about. Hey, do me a favor. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. But we always have to reestablish God's place. How do we do that? We get our eyes fixed on the word of God so that when the floods come, the storms come, it doesn't shake us. Matthew chapter 7, 24 through 27 says it, that we are to build our house upon the rock. Who is that rock? Jesus Christ. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. This gives me a chance to reestablish my priorities and get my, get my life built on the word of God. All right? Number three. Here's the other thing to do to weather life's unexpected moments. Get tough and hold on during the storm. Toughen up a little bit. Hello? Toughen up a little bit. See, you know, there, there's fear. Everybody gets afraid. But John Wayne says, everybody deals with fear, but you still got to saddle up anyway. You know, that's what courage is. You don't need courage if you don't need, if you're not faced with discourage. You don't need faith if you're not faced with fear. Okay. The truth of it is we got to get tough. Psalms 16, 8 says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord with him at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Ephesians 6 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy to have hold on to your faith and good conscience so that you won't be shipwrecked. That word is kutechio. Hold on with a firm grip. If some of you are in a storm right now, don't let go. Hold on. 
Hold on to your faith. If you can hold on to your faith, your faith is that which, was ha- that which is in you. You won't ship be shipwrecked. You will not be destroyed. The floods are going to come in your life. The storms are going to beat against you. You're going to get hammered by situations mentally, emotionally, spiritually, domestically, relationally, financially. And sometimes you're going to be hit so hard you can't stand. But you still have to hold on. There's an old hymn that says, hold to God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. You cannot be under attack and be discouraged. Stay strong. You may lose your way at times, but listen to me. The spirit of faith will give you strength in the midst of your storm. And you can make it. And you can stand. That's like that, that old song we, uh, me and my buddies used to make fun. See, we, I was raised in a classical Pentecostal church where we sang from the hymnals. We didn't have words on the screen. We had hymnals. And, and so we would, they would say, my uncle was a song leader. And he'd say, turn to page so-and-so. And then we would sing. We had a Hammond B3 organ. All right. And we sang our hymns that way. And I remember a song, old song says, um, um, let me think of it for a second. I had it. <laughs> And I was going there too. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. So we changed the words around. So we used to, we used to take the hymns and make funny words from it. I know it's sacrilegious and, and I, hope, I believe the Lord forgives. So we, we would sing, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I'll sit right here. And hinder those around me. I shall not be moved. The pastor wore that ugly tie. He knows I do not like. I should have stayed home. Because the Simpsons are on tonight. I'll sit right here. And hinder those around me. You know. So, But there, you know, there's a song. I shall not be moved. Hold to God's unchanging hand. You can make it through. You'll never sing that song again and think of the regular words of that. I promise you. And I'll end with this. Psalms 57, 1 through 3. Come on, boys, just play real pretty for him. In the message, it says this. David's writing. Be good to me, O God. And now, I've run to you for my dear life. I'm hiding out under your wings until the hurricane blows over. I call out to high God, the God who holds me together. Isn't that something? When everything you feel is tearing your life apart, God is actually holding you together. He sends orders from heaven and he saves me. He humiliates those who kick me around. God delivers generous love. And makes good on his word. Can I end today by telling you this? Stop trying to calm the storm. Calm yourself and the storm will pass. Calm yourself and the storm would pass. When Jesus spoke to those winds and waves, he spoke to those guys' faith first. When he said, peace be still, before there was a peace on the outside during the storm, there was a peace that came on the inside. 
Stop trying to calm the storm. Calm yourself and the storm will pass.